Good evening, everybody. Terribly sorry that we're starting late. It's completely my fault. Um, I was uh, I was in Liverpool today, and um, I was doing a, a, another tour, a walking tour, learning about the history of uh, of slavery in Liverpool. And it went on a little bit, and then we had a chat afterwards, and uh, um, it was productive. We're going to do a documentary about it, which is really, really awesome. So I'm happy about that. Pierre, I presume, is probably having a pee, but he's not here now. Uh, Nicole Dickens says, that interview was boss. That interview was boss, lads. I know it was on top and that kid. It was really, you know, it was fucking dingy on that, you know. Whoa. No, it just sent me west, you know, lads. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, I'm. I, I say that with no uh, no false humility. It's a good interview. I'm very happy with it. Very, very happy with it. Today I learned. Listen, Americans, we own you. Scousers own America. No, not really. I learned today though that was another Scouse gentleman who was very important to the American Revolution. A cheeky fellow, born in uh, in poverty, called Robert Moore, and he went over to. Um, where is that Pierre? Um, he went over to America and he set up a bank over there. And um, he set up a bank and he created the first $1,000 bill. And he put his own face on it. <laughs> That's just rude. It's just rude. And then went on to help fund the Revolutionary War to uh, uh, help America escape from Britain. The story that you that you hear of that and why that happened is uh, is probably a little bit more complicated than any of us would like to admit. The nice narrative is like, oh, you know, British monarchy, uh, taxation without representation. We just want to be our own thing. We want to be independent. Um, there may have been more opportunistic, capitalistic reasons for wanting to do it than um than idealism and the kind of story that mists the eyes and makes you squint philosophically into the sunset. It's stirring music playing in the background and an American flag blowing in slow motion. So there you go. There was a poor scouser on your first thousand dollar bill. So I don't think there even are anymore. I don't think thousand dollar bills exist anymore. Um, so yeah, there will be a part two, Pixie. There will be a part two to the interview. Um, that was one of the things we were talking about today and maybe doing a documentary about it as well. Where is Pappy? Where's where's Pierre? I feel like abandonment, anxiety and that. The Pam says, I do love a good eye misting with a hearty sploosh. Don't we all? Don't we just love a bit of patriotic uh, sploosh? Richard, you have some sun on your face. I am jealous. Me too, mate. I mean, no, it's my face. It's my foul head. Look at it, shiny and red. And there's, an, there's a great expanse of it. And if you were going to conquer a territory, you'd need a large army to colonize that expanse. <laughs> Where's Pierre? Let's all summon Pierre like it's a seance. Pierre! Where's 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 Big P? Where's Big Peasy? I have a oh somebody said that a fake million dollar bill. Uh, greatest ever. I have a fake million dollar bill that I randomly asked people to break for me. Nice. Nice. 
Richard, you were so cheeky. It's because I'm from a long lineage of people who are cheeky. And they went over to other people's countries and did naughty things and set up banks and put their own faces on the money there. I'm like, yeah, this is my bank now. Um, I want my face on the largest bill. I don't even know what a thousand dollars would equate to from if you if you uh, do inflation from like I don't know. Let's say it was seventeen ninety to now. Somebody go and look up what the value of a thousand dollars was in seventeen ninety. It won't be a thousand dollars today. That's for damn sure. Have you ever watched any of Sam Hyde's content? Yes, I have. I've seen a few Sam Hyde videos and enjoyed them. Zephyr says, Pierre, I summon thee be present now. Pierre. Om Namah. Pierre Namaha. Where is he? Where is that boy? UG Rose says, Nee Squidward, whore range q or range q indeed um i was thinking about you today ug because they were talking about i can't remember the guy's name another um guy from liverpool there was a slave trader and he at one time obviously a lot of the land was changing hands owned 25 no he owned most of the estate of the northwest of manhattan and i did look up a map of where you live because i kept on saying the bronx and brooklyn it's the same in my head it's not the same in order to walk from the bronx to brooklyn it would take you five hours you can walk from scotland to the northern coast of france in five hours that's how small it is in europe that's not true that is not these are just lies now but but i i appreciate now because i looked on a map the Bronx is a goodly distance. It's 19 miles. So even if you drive, it's a long way. Where's Pappy P? Pappy P, please come to help save Richard from his one-man show. Where has he gone? Where is the Pierre? Where did he go? I do not know. I'm going to do some uh, free-form poetry now for you all. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't stop me. So originally I came on at six and I was going to try and uh, do the podcast from a, a car park. Um, uh, and we were, we were talking behind the scenes before you go live and I was lagging too much. And I was like, it's probably better if I'm 15 minutes late than if I'm lagging for a conversation that goes on for an hour and a half. That would be torture. The Pam has a question. Pierre's here. If we could travel faster than the speed of light, would we leap ahead of time? Only relative to a place that wasn't traveling faster than the speed of light, I think. Hi, thanks for saving them from my monologues. Did you just come on right now or? I have been here for 200 years now. Oh Lord, that's a long time. <laughs> I was just apologizing them to, to them for, for uh, creating this late scenario that's entirely of my doing. And I explained okay. to them why. You ever been to a rap show or hip hop show in recent years? Not, not in 10 years, no. <laughs> Usually the main act waits maybe 45 minutes into their headlining scheduled time and then they show up. Every rap show I've been to, they, they start like literally 30 minutes later at least. That's very annoying. 
I would yeah. I would be annoyed. The last uh, show I went to, rap show, was the game, which I told you about, where he drank a bottle of brandy on stage, and yes. some kid went up to compete with him for drinking brandy and took like two gulps and just projectile vomited into the crowd. Yeah, I think he does that almost every show because I saw a clip of the game doing that on YouTube. I think. Yeah, he was like, I have the the biggest this, the biggest that, and I have the biggest stomach and you'll never beat me. And they went round and they checked the, he was like, there's no setup here. You can pick your own bottles at random. We'll swap them round. And yeah, they, they both went for, and he put, he took a toke of a big blunt. I believe it's called <laughs> swallowed all of the Martell brandy into his impressively large belly, digested it and then blew out the smoke of this blunt and then said, uh, Snoop, taught me how to do that and i was like snoop's gonna give you brain damage sir you can't do that every night on a tour <laughs> that's insane a oh, bottle man. a full fucking bottle of uh of brandy disgusting simpler simpler times huh yeah oh how we miss those simpler days don't we mr pierre <laughs> oh yeah man I, I just i can't believe the the first time we met was 2019 one year before the god knows what I, I just was, uh, after I, I got off the, the line from you in the, to get here, I listened to uh, the 2019 tracks I, that I really, really loved, like Wish Wish, uh, the g Easy track, uh, No Limit, yeah. and uh, Do Anything for Clout by Cardi yeah. B's wife. Yeah. And I just listened to those tracks, and it was like an old guy listening to tracks from 30 years ago. <laughs> And I was like, oh, do you remember? I was driving around the Ibiza and I was listening to this and da -da. Yes. I remember what we were doing. And it's like, oh, it's such a long time ago. You wouldn't remember, you little bastards. <laughs> you know what's great? We, I don't think we rarely club in our free time before this all happened, right? Like mm -hmm. we rarely ever went out just mm -hmm. on our own or anything. It's just not something that's enjoyable usually. But you and I decided on a whim to party like it's 1999 but except it was 2019 because yeah. imagine if we didn't go out that night that's crazy that would have been, been literally the only chance the yeah. only chance we could have ever went out yeah yeah we ended up going out for no reason um other than just to do it it's like yeah. an unconscious level we knew and then drank a lot and sweated a lot dancing i mean we must have danced for about four hours we were in there for a while man mm -hmm. and the next year when you came back we tried to find the same place except it was shut down due to covita so it was as if we were living our last life man yeah. <laughs> in this yeah. world yeah it's like enjoy yourselves before before the before the end i watched um a german producing about world war ii called generation war and uh there's a scene that, that this is actually produced in 2013 but there's a scene before World War II is really in full swing. And you see these young Germans, they're all drinking together. One's going to go off to be a nurse. One's going to go off to be a soldier, so on. And, and they're like, oh, this this war will be over soon. We'll see each other at Christmas. And you're like watching this going, ooh, you, yeah. you, no, <laughs> you, you are not, you you have are no not idea. seeing each other. Christmas. You have no fucking clue. No idea how badly wrong this is about to go for you. Yeah. So um how I mean, are you, how how are you feeling? I mean to go off on that, man, it's like pre-war times. Like it it's amazing the more movies and media that I'm observing about 
pre-war, post-war, during war times, it feels a lot like that right now. And there's something in the air. I watched Anthropoid. Uh, I first of all, why didn't you tell me about this film way earlier? Because it's in Prague. It's it's in every location we've ever walked in Prague. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't tell you. I, Anthropoid was always. I, I actually found that a very difficult film to watch. And I, it is. It's like when I recommend people watching the other German Mother. movie, The Captain. I'm like, I want you to see it, but it's it's pretty tough. It's pretty hard yeah. watching. Yeah, and uh, the moment I saw Prague, it wasn't just like some pseudo version of Prague. It, it's it's there. It's it's every key location I've been on the streams, every place that you've been through. We've passed by this church unknowingly multiple times. But yeah. if you guys don't know, Anthropoid is a movie that came out, I think, 2016. So the cinematography is the best, man. It's amazing. And it's over. It's about a real situation that happened in Prague. Um, is this considered spoilers if I explain it because it's history a little it's, bit? It's history, just just maybe leave off the very end part. But if okay. people looked yeah. on Wikipedia, they'd see. And it's still worth watching, even if you know what yeah, happens. Yeah. Oh my god, I came in not knowing. So uh, hey, without... yeah, but don't tell them that the Germans aren't the good guys because they might not know that. Yeah, uh, there were there were this party with like a reverse Hindu symbol, <laughs> <laughs> and they have these really cool outfits yeah. they're a little theatrical you're like that's a bit over the yeah. top a little a little extra a little extra the, so the, the nazis were a little extra fuck it up yeah a bit extra and basically czech republic is being taken over by these um who go boss wearing gentlemen and they uh you have these two czech soldiers or parachuters and they're all all undercover they fly into or drop off into prague and they have a mission to basically kill Reinhardt, which was Hitler's assistant, to put it that simply. Like he was his, what is it called? You know, it was a military. He term. was he was the he was the comp, there's a, there's a, there's a name in German, but I can't remember it. Like it's like uh, it translates as like Reichmaster. He was the okay. Reich ruler for the Czech Republic. The company, the car company Skoda, was producing pretty much all of the machine guns and the artillery for the german army so czech republic was so important and this guy was such a prick reinhardt that hitler called him um iron because he was mm. such a mean motherfucker yeah. so the nazis were like oh he's a little too much you don't think it's <laughs> yes. quite violent <laughs> yes and uh the nickname that they gave him out here was the butcher of prague like really terrible fucking dude and basically mm -hmm. these two two czech um one Slovak uh, soldiers came in undercover to try to assassinate him. And with, oh my God, like, um, even if this wasn't real, I can't believe it's fucking real, first of all. Yeah, like, yeah. the way that this thing unfolds is exactly the best written action World War II narrative film ever. Like, you know, I, I mean, there are parts where they, they have to plan out the assassination with the gun, the gun something happens and then you know this shit goes down and then eventually uh without spoiling too much uh they are holed up in a church that i see here all the time it's right he next has to been the wheeling past it vaping happily for years yeah and i remember one of my friends out here in a really drunk night who's just like oh this church over here you have two soldiers and things and i was just like yeah man cool I was just shmammered, so I didn't really, you know, uh, internalize it. But 
yeah, you can still see the bullet holes in front of this church. They left the side of this church with bullet holes and you basically had these six, were they official Czech soldiers or just Czech men? Like just dudes? Uh, no, they were, the, 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 I'm not clear on the relationship between the British and the, and the Czechoslovakian military, but obviously we were very close because the Czech, the, the government of Czechoslovakia had fled and was, was hiding in London. And the prime minister of, of, of Czech was living in London and they were certainly our main protagonists are infantrymen, they're parachutists, but they, whether they were with, whether they were working for the Brits at the time directly in the British infantry or not, I'm not sure, but they were all soldiers. Yeah. They're all absolutely, uh, yeah. they're not just, uh, they weren't just like rebellious yeah. insurgents. They're all actual soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, insane also considering the extra factor of being in the city and going to apartment flats that look exactly like the ones where nazis would storm the place mm. they were wrangling people up on the street taking hostages in the same exact courtyards that you and i have walked through and that that's just it's just the most surreal feeling to just mm. see even though it's a movie there's real photographs in black and white obviously but the way that the cinematography and everything's put together like you recognize all these corners and you just can't even fathom something so atrocious happening here and then just seeing a church there where now you have a bunch of tourists from southeast asia and morocco and they're just walking into this place and you know it's like wait this this there's a standoff here for six fucking hours and now we can yeah. just pay a ticket to just walk in and just like oh yes yeah. it, it really the thing i love about that that movie uh, not love but i appreciate so much about that movie and that story um i'll just say it again for people who are not sure what it's called it's operation Am anthropoid it stars killian murphy the irish actor it's his birthday today happy birthday oh, killian. Happy um the in response to the fact that um, these naughty Czechs had had rebelliously tried to shoot Mr. Reinhardt. Hitler was furious. He was beside himself with rage, and he suggested that they kill uh, ten thousand innocent Czechoslovakians in response. Just randomly chosen Czechoslovakians. So it's easy to forget the sheer barbarity, bloodlust, and sadism of this regime. Because you'd be like, why were there French collaborators? Why did the Czechoslovakians ever put on a Nazi uniform and go and fight for them because they would fucking kill not just your family, right? Just random people. In response to this, they—I uh, have to say something horrible, but people should know it for the for the historical accuracy. The Nazis received bad information that these uh, uh, would the assassins came from a random town outside of Prague. Yes. So yeah. they, yeah, they went to that town and they murdered everybody, including eighty children. And they tested uh, mobile gas chambers. You know, we think of gas chambers Jesus as being a static God. thing. They had bands and they tested them on the Czechoslovakians. And in that case, they gassed. I don't know if it was all, I think some of the children were shot, some of them were hanged, uh, but I think it was over 30 children were, were put into these mobile gas chambers and gassed. Jesus. This was a psychopathic beyond anything that you can think that these people were fucking crazy yeah. absolutely if, crazy if you wouldn't a, have resisted yeah if there was a collective demonic possession that that yeah. would be the greatest example of it yeah. and like i know and i'm sure everyone here might be thinking we're just like going through a boring history talk here but i'm not a history person at all 
Like I don't really research these things. I'm not even a war movie kind of person, but there there was something that really penetrates in this movie. And it's it's the resilience and the use of will even in desperate times. Mm. You know, like they knew these two sol two fucking soldiers I put for them, two two soldiers here. They were going to take down Hitler's best dude when they were already slaughtering a bunch of Czechs and they know what they're going against, but they they just they had no choice. They felt like they had to just because you just have to. Like, what are you going to do? Most people or some people just ended up joining the bad guys and the Nazis here. Some people. But uh, but you can see in the movie, it paints where the collective consciousness is, which is uh eerily similar to the mentality now where people say mm. you know i just i can't look at what's actually happening so i have to you know smother myself with something enjoyable there was like a, there was a line in the movie that said something like that or we just pretend like we don't see it or like there's no way that we can do anything yeah. if we do anything they're going to kill us all you know and yeah. and i like that element of the movie because there were really subtle moments throughout the film but it really accurately depicts what a person's emotional state and mental state is going through when you have something as desperate as that just completely overshadowing it. Mm -hmm. But even in the end, these six dudes held off this fucking thing mm -hmm. and which ended up spiraling into even more innocent people getting killed because they were pissed. Mm -hmm. But in the longer term, like they have finally got assistance from Britain and all these other uh, nations, Czech, Czechoslovakia joined as a, an official ally to fight the regime, which ended up being the best for all of us. Mm -hmm. Well, know? unfortunately, not not for the Czech Republic, because we then sold them and Romania and everybody else down the river back to Stalin because we're cons. But we don't talk about that. We just go, well, I, I think we won this war, chaps. Let's go home and drink a cup of tea. Oh, you belong to Stalin now. Sorry about that. Goodbye. <laughs> Well, you just ruined my happy ending that I had in my head. <laughs> this it. is my Eastern European side coming out. Stavrich. There's no well, I mean, I guess if you paint a long enough time frame, everything ends up shit anyway. So <laughs> that's my or, that's my argument. Or happy, or happy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it all it goes up and down all the time. Right. Man, right. Know? Right. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it it really it's still it's still sticking with me. That movie is a hard movie, and it really. Um, something got smeared in my psyche after that yeah. because it's not reasonable to do something like that. Uh, no, it's it's completely unreasonable. I, I can only imagine the weight of the parachute that was necessary, not just for the men, but for them huge balls as yeah. they jumped out the plane. Did you remember the parachute for my enormous balls? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> because they were they were facing... I mean, the worst consequences you can imagine. And, and I, I can't believe that they believed they were ever going to get back to London again once they were. But the, you, you're literally dropped from an airplane into the citadel of evil to kill the, the dark overlord of that citadel. It's insane. But there's there's something there. Mm. It's delusional. But there's mm. just there's something there that should mm. be recognized, man. It's this de delusional heroism that mm. even though in that 
moment, they they didn't witness a victory. There was one a bit afterwards, mm -hmm. but when they're the times are just so desperate like that, mm -hmm. what other choices? You know, where most most of the people ended up either just dying, held captive, joined the Nazis, whatever else, whatever else. Like, mm -hmm. even through all that, you have these group of guys that just like, like, no, we we have to try something. We have to because there's, I mean, what the fuck, you know? So it's interesting that the uh, the usefulness of of delusion uh, under those circumstances that that leads to these amazing acts of courage that really can change the world and they do change the course of history. And we need that. We need that level of illusion and delusion. But also, uh, and this is why I titled the topic of the talk this because I wanted to bring up Nietzsche tonight. Like we all need a little bit of Nietzsche in our lives, especially now. We should build a world for a generation that we will never see. And they did that. They knew they weren't right, going to see right. the, the fruits of their labor. They didn't know that we would be wanking five times a day over 400K pornography on the mobile but, they but went thanks, through guys. all of that for us to do that. <laughs> thanks for your sacrifice. And maybe, and maybe that's where our cynicism comes from, Richard, because we know what what we're going to end up doing after we put up a fight if we chose to. Right. Right. Well, it, but the, the, I think that's where you need, there is a, there's like a negative ideological infection. I wonder if it's possible to have, well, that delusion is sort of ideological where you have an optimism for, for a better future, even if it's a future that, that you yourself won't see. And I do think we've become, um, a historical, like we're yeah. living in a time as though we think history was was all the shit that's in black and white. That's history. That's done. Right. We live in some other timeline. We right. kind of act that way, and we kind of. Right. I wonder if that's the effect of TV and movies. It's like if it's shit in black and white, it's done, mm. and now we're in some other. And it's like, no, well, you're still living in history. You fuck. I mean. I'm fucking 100,000% guilty of that. I mean, I make that joke all the time. Anything that happened before 1900 didn't exist. I right. think it's just the... Because contemporary history is just so divided away from anything before that. Yeah. Time was way slower back then. Things didn't happen as quickly. They didn't even have fucking cars. They, they're, like, imagine a life without a screen. Mm. I have four monitors around me right now. I'm one person. Mm. You know? It's... Mm. It's so removed from everyday life of today that, I mean, you, it's so hard to even contextualize. It's like imagining what it's like to be a deer for a day. Right. <laughs> which we, which maybe we should all do. I don't know. Yeah, that it, right. it, it's not necessarily wasted time. You, it It's nice. Uh, I went. The reason I was late is because I did another slavery walk with Lawrence. He has all these different ones around the city. We did the city center today. And I was telling these guys uh, just before, um, you say it's a very different time, and it is, but I think there's a failure of historians to present it to us in a way that's interesting. And the only solution is films. So yeah. I'm like, okay, films stink now. We're falling off the cliff because of a lack of history. Let's just make films about history. So I learned yeah. today that there was a scouter born in Liverpool City Centre, broke, and he started making money. Uh, from trading cotton for guns on the slave trade, went mm. over to Liverpool, helped form one of the first banks in North America, 
and put his own face on a $1,000 bill because he's a cheeky Scouse cunt and that's what he wanted to do. He then went on to fund the Revolutionary War. So he's a he's an Englishman who is a, a the plaque commemorating him was he was like, he's an Englishman who is a proud patriot, but a proud patriot of America. Mm. So like we, we have this weird idea of history where it's like, oh, well, they were Americans. And I'm always saying to people like, do you think they were walking around talking with American accents? No, they were talking with Somerset accents, London accents, because they weren't there, they weren't there that long and new people were going over all the time. So mm. you actually had people there. They just, they believed that either they did it for profit and they did it for capitalist reasons, or they believed in an ideal. They thought that f the formation of America was a good thing and would be good for humanity. And they came from all over. Yeah. You can yep. humanize these stories. You can make it interesting. You can make it because sure. um, they are interesting. Right. But they keep and sanitizing them. I'm like, well, tell the, us about the sex and the corruption and the drugs. Yeah, it's, it's not even just the sanitization. They just go straight Hollywood and do the Michael Bay explosion World War II thing, right. which is why I've never really been interested in it. But yeah. something about Anthropoid really struck at a really core human level. That that went beyond like, oh, they, they they tried to assassinate the the Hitler and then they didn't do it, but then they almost did. You know, it's just like no, but there's like this this dialogue with that concepts of them trying to make a family happen, but they can't in the situation, and then like this grandma gets involved with her grandson, and, and and then like it really contextualizes this action sequences of firing old guns and stuff you know it's a it's a big budget movie with art house ethics yes and, if and there was more movies like this man like uh i've been actually attempting to watch movies and it's working could be the cbd oil that i might or may not be using but in the end like um there's a lot of gold in in films if they're approached like this yeah and uh it's a it's a shame to see that a lot of this shit isn't just made or wanting or it, no one's interested really there's a youtube channel called film courage and they do i was listening to them today and they interview directors and, and producers and that and they actually analyze why films have gone the way they've gone today and what we could what we could do about it um it's 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 a studio issue it's 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 become a purely financial endeavor so basically the industry got taken over by people who didn't give a fuck about art anymore they just yeah. don't care they want to know here's how much money i'm putting in how much money will i get back and that's not a great question to ask if you want to produce good intelligent thought-provoking content right and this is something i've been really thinking about well on and off for the last three months but the the differentiation between art and entertainment there's a really big line there and mm -hmm. i think a lot of people can say that it's blurred but it's actually black and white at this point mm -hmm. you know we entertainment is TikTok. Mm -hmm. art is the movie anthropoid it's right longer lasting with a deeper commentary that sticks with you just mm -hmm. it's i don't know how to explain it but there's a really big difference between just making something to make you laugh or just emotionally satiated for 10 seconds and then get like no intrinsic value out of it i think i think you just said it i think that's it it's the if the name of the game is like a little buzz a little dopamine hit a little giggle or a, like half a hard on or half a wide on and then right. just leave it you know it it it's it produces a certain type of content and that co that content is not valueless like TikTok is not valueless instagram yeah. is not valueless but we shouldn't conflate that with art 
and you shouldn't you know i was on um god i can't remember uh, uh screen rant i can't remember the dude's name i think he's ryan and he does the the fake interview between the producer and the scriptwriter. Mm-hmm. You've seen these skits, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where he's like, do you, oh, so you have a movie for me? Why, yes, yeah. sir, I do. Brilliant. It's so good because the guy really understands writing. And I got into a conversation on there in the comments the other day, and I was like, you know, there are rules to writing. Of All of this, I think, is, is a lack of writing. It's not lack of budget. There are great actors and actresses out there. Yeah. It's a lack of writing. That's well, the problem. We, we kind of touched somewhat about this topic, and, and Peterson does all the time, but there mm-hmm. are rules to narrative structures. And if mm-hmm. you go out of that, it's usually going to be shit. Mm-hmm. Like we, we all intrinsically, unconsciously know how these stories play out. And mm-hmm. if they don't follow these guidelines unconsciously, they can. We know that it's that's either not believable. I'm not getting anything out of it, or it doesn't mm-hmm. work, or it's just mm-hmm. uninteresting and it's weird. It's badly written because, mm-hmm. um, with the the greatest example of this that's quantifiable is music. Yeah. If you're off note, like you sound terrible. You know, it's yeah. like if you play the wrong chord, you everybody knows. Yes. Some of you noise artists can like argue with me you damn hipsters just being like oh, but it's supposed to be dissonant you know it's supposed to make you but regardless of that most people you, mu- music is a universal language and we can tell when something's off rhythm or off melody and that and we we also maintain that knowledge for bad writing most or some of us i think nowadays i'm, I'm going to make a point that's adjacent to your point and i i'm going to make this knowing i'm like 99 sure you'd agree with me you're not saying like avant-garde total chaos do something totally fucking new is is whack in writing what you're saying is whack is this weird new tendency that that everybody's copying where the storytelling now and they don't follow the principles of storytelling all they do is subvert audience expectation as though subverting audience expectation was the sine qua non of yeah. good creative expression yeah. and artwork. And it's like, no, it's not. But, but it's not even just that. It's just pure propaganda. Oh, yeah. Propaganda doesn't reflect reality and how humans yeah. actually communicate and interact with each other. Propaganda, look at an old flyer from 1960 from the Soviet Union. People don't act like that. That's yeah. not a thing, you know, and uh, not not saying that people don't when you see in movies, people don't naturally act like that, too. But usually when it's a good movie, you get mm. sucked in it because mm. it's beyond propaganda. It's real. I've been sucked in a few good movies, Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> Back when uh, theaters were a thing. Stay toxic, pre- Kings. Free pre- <laughs> Netflix and chill. <laughs> I've got some stories I could tell you, kids. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, good luck doing that now. You do it with a mask yeah. on. Bye, everyone. Join yeah. <laughs> as long as you have a mask on, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Just pull that mask to one side. No, I agree a thousand percent. It was it, It's better expressed than I could on this, this YouTube channel, Film Courage. And they make the point that you just made so eloquently that... Um, inviting politics and propaganda into the into the screenwriting is is so shit one guy i was listening to today he's the same age as me i think his surname is something gore what he was saying was is when you have a movie 
there's a few things that thematically you should come back to and it should be limited. You want there to be five things, but there should be two or three. So the Joker movie, which was so good, um, and it really stands out. It's like a movie that was made in the 80s or the, or the yes. 70s because yes. it feels out of step because it does very little. Joker doesn't cover much. It's like despair and dissonance and then violence. And there's really... Yeah. But he, what he was saying is not only have the films tried to develop too many themes, but they're trying to hit too many boxes of right. political messages. Right. White man stupid, right. woman strong for no reason. You have these Mary Sues in yeah. all these movies now. And and everybody's like, well, you just can't take a strong female character. Excuse me, do you remember Ripley? That was a good character. And she was a fucking kick-ass as well. Ripley from played by Sigourney Weaver in, in Aliens. Nobody has a problem with strong female characters. There was also in Aliens too, there was the uh there's the girl Ramirez, who was one of the Marines. Nobody had a fucking problem with strong female characters. But when you shoehorn in bullshit, where the character is ridiculously strong and just covered in script armor, for no reason other than that she has a vagina, vagina, we get a little frustrated. Or or whatever the, the, the game there is. And you always know. You're watching it or you're hearing the story and you're like, I think I'm being given a lecture right now. I just exactly. I just feel it. Yes. I just feel it. Yeah. No. It's a it's a fracturization. It's a yeah. fracturing of an internal narrative of a believable character. Yeah. You know, it's it's when you think about people that you've come across in your life, or you watch a movie and you see characters, you kind of have an unconscious notion mm -hmm. of how they should sort of behave, mm -hmm. and when it's when it takes you out of that it becomes unbelievable and that's why why propaganda looks so fucking ridiculous you look at yeah. north korean propaganda you look at chinese propaganda you look at any our fucking propaganda speaking of which can you reveal my uh desktop right here can you bring that up me, yes me... you told me how to do this last time now yes, tell uncle again tell uncle very slowly in words he understands I what forgot. am i doing layout the layout right uh yeah uh it's where you brought me nice almost there okay oh, oh, oh yeah <laughs> oh, getting yeah. close but uh, um i don't know how you did it last time but it should be like where you brought me into the screen yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This? there we go oh god i, I see where you're going <laughs> speaking That's of we i didn't even tell richard we're gonna watch this speaking <laughs> of propaganda um this Let's have a is, propaganda at this you guys have to look at this it's the it's a russian army ad versus a u.s army ad all right here we go it begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. Not so much for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. 
a way to prove my inner strength. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my calling. Ladies and gentlemen, of these two nations, if they go to a full-blown war, which one do you think is going to win? It's infantry. Like, it's it, look, whether you like it or not, it's politically correct or not, you're killing other human beings at close range. <laughs> you see them, they go, please don't, and then you go click, click, and bits of them explode. That's the job. That's what happened. Listen. Oh, I don't even know where to fucking begin. Um, you're right. We're talking military. Yeah, it's not. It's not counseling. If it was counseling, I'd be like, that Russian one looks a bit rough. And exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Let, let's talk about the context of context, what this ad is for. If it's for uh, a, a school to teach you how to psychologize people, then maybe the the Russian one is just. I won't get anything out of that. Just avoid Syatavarishi. Today we kill the enemy as one. You'd be like, well, okay, we could go that way. Or we've got this nice animation with butterflies in it. Yes. And in speaking of it being the military, that second ad, if you didn't even know if it had to do anything with the military, like... What else would you think it is? Anything else but the military? The military is the last thing you would think that ad is for. I wouldn't even think that that advert has enough adult tone in it to be a bank. That looks like an advert for a primary school. Yes. Yeah, that looks like... It's infantile. Uh, it's not... Dude, it was a big infant tree. Infant... <laughs> the infantile infantry. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know why they're called infantry uh, you told me this uh, yeah it, it is it is related to infants and uh basically being the the the, the front line on on something the sacrificial lambs yeah yeah and you know i don't i'm sorry i wouldn't trust my own military with an ad like this to you know defend well who are you going to recruit i mean We've got to start having open conversations, for God's sake, about this. We can't dance over the laser beams. Do we think we're at risk of war with Iran, Russia, and China? Yes. It's not. It's unlikely, but it's not impossible. So what are we recruiting for? Who are we trying to recruit? And then the American military will turn around to the press and go, all of the new recruits are too weak and too soft. They have to da they've downgraded multiple times the physical tests to get into the military because civilians who are signing up are too weak they're too soft and then and you put and then you put out a piece of advertising like that and i'm like well yeah. you know pick you must and, choose and here's the thing i'm sure it's not even just women with two moms that are weak and soft it's the men too because the statistics say that what the men, uh men's testosterone has dropped 50 percent in the last 20 years you have a bunch of out of shape less testosterone dudes that are signing up so they have to like like fucking lower everything and it's like man with all the tension that's happening out right now globally like god damn i would not trust the fucking military to stand up against something like this man we we i actually had this conversation in an interview i did the other day and the guy was talking about his experience coming off on on holiday and he was there was a queue for brits and a queue for russians and he was like, I was like looking over at the Russians, these like 
big muscly jack dudes with shaved heads and they looked at the brits and he was like hmm we seem a little <laughs> a little out of shape it wouldn't do well like in a, in a straight on confrontation all things being equal it's not going to end well yes the reason why i brought this up was because of propaganda Mm -hmm. And we're at a complete 150% total cultural propagandistic war right now. And because we're so in, in it right now, we, we're used to seeing it. So it doesn't even look like cheesy or ridiculous. But no, we're, way, it's, it's hyper normalized now, isn't it? It's hyper normalized. So the way that we look at old propaganda ads of like, of America, of Russia, of China in the 60s or whatever, we think that's like, what? Like, people believe these fucking signs? We're going to look at ads like this or just TV shows now in the same ridiculous way 20, 30 years from now if the world still exists. Yeah. No, it's um, it's it's very strange. It's, it's really, really strange. And, and you know, uh, I think like when you start trying to put this kind of thing in context, this is why I named it slave morality. And I, was, I mentioned that I wanted to talk about Nietzsche. Nietzsche had this concept of slave morality. It's kind of irrelevant to where we're at now because we all have broad scale his idea of what slave morality was, which was telling yourself that you suck, but it's okay because winners are losers. You suck yeah. and you're weak, but strength yeah. is shit. And masculinity right. is toxic and competing is for capitalists. And I'm so, and you just think, okay, now what? What kind of a world are we going to build drinking that fucking Kool-Aid? I don't want the other Kool-Aid because you could have Nietzsche's master morality. Well, if that goes wrong, you end up with the ideology of, uh, if you misinterpret it, the ideology of Nazi Germany. I don't want that either. I wouldn't want to live in a pure dominance hierarchy, capitalism, people shouting at each other all the time, fighting all the time. It would be very tiring for me, Pierre, having to fight mm -hmm. all the time. But we doing its opposite is not virtuous. Throwing all of our courage and strength on the floor and trampling on it and saying, courage and strength is bad. Oh, really? Oh, really? Is being genocided good? Because that's what happens to people who throw courage and strength on the floor. They die out. That's just like a rule of nature. There's, um, I saw an after school uh, illustration, I think yesterday, I think it was David Foster Wallace. And uh, he was saying it was about courage or sacrifice or maybe both, but you have to choose consciously what you're going to be courageous about and what you're going to sacrifice. Otherwise, it'll leak out unconsciously to something else or some, another approach in a very unhealthy way that was other it's going to destroy you and other people and the way that i look at that is like what's happening in fucking portland you have yeah. all of these people that think they're helping and they're fighting and they're like gonna save the world but it's unresolved uh choice of courage and sacrifice yeah it's it's um that's a very interesting point uh, which is that if you don't, the way I would rephrase the way that you describe what he said is we're talking about boundaries and objectives. Like you have to have mm -hmm. a clearly defined objective and you must right. put boundaries around things. The, the cultural narrative, the dominant cultural narrative that I would say is just steeped in Nietzsche's slave morality now is boundary breaking. And hey, it's yin and yang. You don't want too much order because that's boring. You want yin, you want chaos. You want to be able to 
to experience and be avant-garde and dance and embrace the chaos. You need you need both. But this is um, this is poisoned with what Nietzsche identified as ressentiment. It's it's not love of the poor. They, they don't love social justice. That is a lie. They're liars. They're absolute. They don't love social justice. They don't love ethnic minorities. They don't love. They're trying to win. They're trying to win a dominance game through going back around the houses. They just hate the rich. Why do they hate them? Because the rich have what they want and they wouldn't hesitate to take that money. They wouldn't hesitate to take those houses and to take that money and to, and to, and to climb up the dominance hierarchy. The very first chance they get, all their Marxist principles go, go out the window. I don't have a problem with revolutionaries. I don't really have a problem with uh, Marxists. I have a problem with liars, people who are just faking. It drives me crazy. Yeah, it's it's not rooted in anything. There's no clear written objective. There's nothing that's rooted in themselves. It it comes off as a complete tantrum. Mm. You know, there's I think there are moments that complete rage is justified, and there are moments where it's just a kid throwing a tantrum. Yeah, ab absolutely. And uh, I think when we've had the conversation with UG Rose and a couple of times and I've been speaking to UG Rose uh, uh, individually, she's made the point several times. Yes, rage. But what what are you doing with it? Because it really becomes masturbatory. You, like you just said, like a four year old throwing a tantrum. That's just energy being thrown outward. You may as well jerk off because you're not produce it it's it, it's only you solipsistically feeling the thing unless you know or, or 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 at worst you pick up a gun and go and shoot some innocent people and cause complete chaos and violence but it like what are you doing with it it has to be directed what are we direct where is the rage coming from what are we directing it to what's the precise objective here and the, the reason i know they're fakes is because every time i've spoken to one of them and and, and just said to them what do you want what do you want? How are we going to get there? They cannot answer me. They can't even get past phase one. What do you want? I don't want capitalism. Okay, you've told me what you don't want. What do you want? Well, uh, I don't have to tell you. Communism should just occur spontaneously. And I'm like, are you 12? Grow the fuck up. Tell me what you want. How can any adult go through life making demands violently and aggressively and not have the humility to be able to say, can I please have this? That's just not, right. that's an infantile response. Well, it's it's a super low resolution solution, low resolution solution to all of these things, you know? <laughs> because it, it's like, they, it's super childish. You see somebody being bullied, let's kill him. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah. or, or it's like, oh, this person's rich? How about we take it and then we'll live happily ever after? Or yeah. like, you know, the whole talk with the discrimination stuff is just like, just end it. Yeah. How? Just <laughs> do it. You know, it's just like the most obvious yeah. cover of yeah, a yeah. solution. It's just a signal. And and yet the, the fact that people do that, mate. That doesn't make me angry because, of course, everybody's going to try and get their little piece of look at me pie. But what pisses me off is when they get millions of likes for it. Prince Harry goes online and says, mental health, hashtag mental health. And everybody's like, oh, my God, 
the bravery, the compassion, the fucking insight. I'm like, he didn't do anything, you dumb cunts. He just said, what are you, are you kidding me? Hashtag mental health. Fuck you, do something. Do something. Bro, everything is empowering. Everything is is brave. And like, I go ahead and tell you guys what I've been going through. And, and, and all I get is, are you okay? How about, how about <laughs> fuck you? How about yeah, but, fuck? but we really care about mental health. Yeah. Are you good? Are, are you going to be funny again for me? I liked it when you were funny. God fucking damn it. You just talk about mental health and you hear shit you don't want to hear. Then it's like, oh, it's too much. Like, dude, yeah. it's like, <laughs> I, realize, I realize that um, vulnerability and honesty that people want is an honesty that only makes them feel good to hear. Oh, Christ. When they say be vulnerable, be honest, what they are saying in code is please confirm my pre-existing view of reality. Exactly. That's why I don't. That's why I don't coach anymore, mate. People are like I want to heal. I want to get better. And I'm like, okay, well, let's start looking at some of the beliefs you're gonna get have to get rid of that are wrong and hurting you. Oh no, what I said was I wanted to heal and get better. And I'm like, yes. And if you want to heal, yeah. you have to change some of that shit because it's toxic. It's hurting yeah. you. Oh no, I don't like that game. All right, well, yeah. hey, there's the door. It's amazing. People go, uh, I'm really tired of seeing really good looking models and people living gr like crazy lives on yachts and stuff. I just want honesty. And I'll be like, okay, well, everything's rigged. And blah, blah, blah. and then I'll be like, <laughs> dude, I saw I saw a fucking TikTok and there's like this new trend that's happening where hot girls, of course, they post photos of them on a yacht at the beach fucking with a martini somewhere dress and then they green screen themselves with no makeup telling them how much they suffered in these situations so so it's like so so here i am no 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 no, no. let me tell you let me tell you let me tell you no no do it to julia listen <laughs> no, um so they go, so this is me in Dubai. Actually, I was having food poisoning around this time. I actually ran to the bathroom 15 minutes later, and then I puked it all out. This is me on a yacht. There was a creepy guy on a yacht, on this yacht, and he was following me the entire time. And and the best part, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. You ready? The best part, you look in the comments. So brave. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. I needed to hear this <laughs> to go viral. <laughs> Fuck me. You know what I, what I hate about that is it's so greedy to want a double hit of praise. I'm on a yacht. I know. I'm on a yacht. Fucking yacht. And I really suffered. Oh, my God, you really suffered. And the two things are completely fucking contradictory, you greedy fucking hypocrite. Just show your ass, take a like, shut the fuck up, and go watch TV. No, no, it's not enough. Not, not only enough. do you it's not enough. Not only did you somehow came up with the resources to live this luxurious life, and you lived it. You also need to get the other half. Where there is no other half. It's actually already a hole. You need another hole of sympathy for that life. <laughs> that that hurt. That hurt in my soul. I really felt like Alex in a clockwork orange there where he has his eyes pinned open. 
it's enough, sir. I've learned my lesson, sir. I promise to be good, sir. No, you have to keep oh. going. No, it, it's it's amazing because uh, like the, what was what came before this is like uh, makeup reveals. Like, let me see you with cellulite and no makeup. And that's the honesty that people like to hear because it makes them feel good. But they don't want to see someone take off their makeup and still look fucking amazing because it <laughs> makes them feel bad. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, maybe there's a positive to all this. Once it gets this absurd and you have to fold your narcissism back on itself to look like anti-narcissism to get narcissistic <laughs> I'm the humblest person in the room. No, I'm the humblest person in the room. No, and, and, and it's just like they're the hottest people with all the money in the world and they have to bargain with each other. <laughs> it's just amazing. It's amazing. This is my, my yeah. friend, my friend Danny works in uh, in personal training. I've done some YouTube videos with him and, and every once in a while he'll send me. I've not seen this yacht and I suffered link. But I've seen a lot of like uh, men and women who are competitive bodybuilders who are in amazing shape um, taking pictures of themselves that are unflattering and going, see, I'm just like you. And I'm like, bitch, you have 8% body fat. You, you are not just like me or anyone I know. But it gets, they put the hashtag body positivity thing and they're good. It's done. Just let the likes come here. Just You're, give me my praise. Like, you I... need to be grandiose and humble at the same time. I hate living now. I fucking hate living hey, do, now. Do the, do the, I hate life. <laughs> I, I hate life. <laughs> we, found, we found a meme of Zizek sneezing, and instead of saying, bless myself, he says, I hate life. <laughs> Dude, uh, uh, I'm gonna review this on my uh, live stream channel after this. But uh, I mean, like that dude you sent me, the Vietnamese dude with the same inflections of my voice, living in from Southern California with a black tank top on, with tattoos, and what he does, and he's at a fucking million and a half followers. What's going on there? Dude, we can discuss the similarities on my channel, but what's uh, associated to this conversation is just the sheer pandering that you see in it. Yeah, you know? like, I, I think I think that's something that's, that's worth uh, talking about briefly. Um, we figured out that the channels, the only channels that do okay, pander massively to their audience. And the reason I, I, I titled this The Click of Thanos um, is a reference to um, Thanatos. So Thanos in the movie, the Marvel's movie, he's based on a real uh, god called Thanatos. But Thanatos is the god of a painless death. He's related to Hypnos, the god of sleep. He won't torture you and kill you. He painlessly kills. And I think that there's a lot of like numbing 
that's going on in preparation for a sort of a metaphorical soft spiritual kill and that's a lot of the what we're consuming it numbs it injects yeah. you with a numbing agent and you're just like oh it's okay you're actually about to be euthanized you won't suffer you won't scream and be terrified you'll quietly slip away into, yes. the, and, into the space and Oh, that's a great example. That's exactly the type of delirium, that tranquilizer that shot me this last two months. It wasn't like I got fucking hit in the head. It was like, a oh, someone just threw the ketamine in the water. Oh, and then just started just I just fucking disintegrated and, yeah. and like really felt like a floating nothingness. Yeah. And it has to do with everything that's going on. Like, I don't care what anybody says. It's a fucking external threat. It's I've really sat around and reflected on this dive, dove in the deepest depths of my fucking soul and did everything like that. But it really is the content, the the culture, the propaganda, the everything, the the ideology. It's making me sick. I've, and I've, I've sat back and watched you try to escape and find any route back that you could. <laughs> but there's no route back, is there? No, because and and we had this conversation, man. Like I, the the Disney Channel imposter here, he is doing exactly what I had an option in my mind to do, which is maybe just pander a little bit. He basically made a TikTok with some girl crying. And then he just like explain, explain that explain that more fully. I want everybody to suffer as I have suffered. Um, yum, yum, yum. I do. Hey, my queen. Oh hell, the fuck no! Get your fine ass up here, yo. I don't know why the fuck you be crying like that, but I don't like it one bit. Let me tell you this. You know how rare and precious it is to find someone as beautiful and vulnerable as you to emote that sort of emotion. You, you are a one of a kind rare commodity, baby. First of all, no one spot, no one, no one I've ever met in California, Southern California, fucking talks like that. Let alone the Vietnamese community. For one <laughs> And I, I just, I, it's so awful. Just to add context, this the, the girl is sat in a car, and there's, there, there really is very little context added. There's just a bubble above her that says, "You should hate yourself." And she, the video starts with her crying and saying, "I do hate myself." And then he comes in with, "Hold your horses, my queen, you beautiful star of wonderfulness. Let me shove my tongue deep inside of your rectum until it tickles your lower intestines." Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, I, I totally expected the comments to be like, what is this dude doing? No, complete opposite. They love him. They love him. Thank you. I needed to hear that, too. You're such a sweet, nice thing. And you know what? I might have done... I never did anything like that. The first time I was on Jubilee, I did the complete fucking opposite. And it's somebody, like... Somebody posted that to me and said, this is this is Pierre's brother. And my response was, Pierre would never simp like that online. <laughs> never. Never. That's never going to be a thing that's going to fucking happen. And you could say that like he was being supportive, but it's still, even if you're being supportive, there is such a thing as emotional simping. You shouldn't just pour validation on strangers on the internet. It's not healthy. Yes. And it's like, that was one of the options that I had to maybe steer my content, make silly TikToks, maybe, you know, pander here and there, make them laugh sometimes, you know, and 
I already hate myself for just falling into this tranquilizing despair, right? And I'm looking at any way out. And I'm like, maybe I just go to the influencer thing, post make a tutorial or two, you know, grab the bag there, make some people happy. Hey, girl, slay, you'll be fine, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can't. With all of my heart, my rectum, my mind, I cannot do it at all. So the only option I have now is to completely sabotage everything I've ever made. <laughs> I just... I'm just thinking, well, at first, at first I was thinking, like, what would I respond if I saw you do that? And then I thought, actually, it's funnier if you try and imagine me doing that. So there's, like, a, a, a video of a girl sad. So I pick up my phone as though I'm picking up the girl and be like, come here, you, you silly thing. You're gorgeous and beautiful and wonderful. Hello. You, would you speak to me again if I started doing video? Would anybody watch me anymore if I was doing shit like that? Yeah. How is that okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and dude, here's the thing. Like, I don't think you and I both just don't really respond to hugs usually. Mm. And, and the psychology. Yeah, pretty much. Um, detachment, desensitized connections with intimacy, you know. Um, but like a lot of people, I'm not judging these people. It's being a regular human fucking being to feel okay after a hug, that's great. But like when I go through these inklings of existential despair, just someone pandering to me or hugging me or licking my nostril is just really not going to do anything, man. Well, and it's it's purely performative. It's a totally insincere endeavor. Like nobody, he doesn't know that girl. Nobody in the comments knows that girl. If she's hungry and she needs food, she should go and eat some chicken and vegetables. She shouldn't be consuming syrupy sugar. It's to fill her soul with. It's not nourishment. Or if yes. you need counseling, go see a counselor. You need to call your mom. Call your mom. Don't like this. I'm I'm really worried that the the response to that was universally so positive. Like people really loved that. And I'm like, it's not real. He's not in the room with you. He's not even talking to you. He's talking to the girl with blue hair. Like, how lost in the matrix are you, kids? At this point, it's it's all about emotional satiation in through a consumerist approach. Mm. Everything is like that. And at this point, I've realized that any striving any search for truth will never ever click that emotional emotional satiation and impulse and i i've at this point have come to terms with it posted my fucking instagram story i fucking like i'm gonna do i'm gonna say what i fucking do want to fucking do now you know and but it has to it comes with the territory of man Social media, and if you want to make a brand and all that shit, you have to consider emotionally satiating or tranquilizing the people that you want to satisfy. Yeah, you have but to suck. You, you have to suck titties. Suck dick, dude. You know, it's it's not that nice. It's straight up ween. You know what I mean? Ween. Oh, ween dude. That word is <laughs> fucked up. Ween. <laughs> Maybe and not I, in your case, but yeah. I'm getting a little bit of feedback of, of myself. Could you turn the volume down slightly? Okay. I love the sound of my own voice, but when it echoes back like that, it feels like I've is, taken acid. Is it okay or is one, two? Still there. 
Okay, hold on. Um, what about? It now? could be our connection. We could just hit refresh on the Streamyard page, and it might clear it up. What about now? Can you still one hear two it? one two? It's, it's like, is anybody else hearing that, or is it just yeah. inside my, my head? Let me just like quickly throw these fucking headphones on real quick. Gypsy Girl eighty says, "You two are horrible." Yeah, it's. I think it's the cynicism about social media communication has set in. There is there is genuine good intent with this, by the way. It's like if everybody starts going down that road, and every everybody everybody does. Uh, uh, oh, somebody's saying yes. It's feedback. Okay, that's can gone. You, you can hear me now, right? Perfectly. That'd yeah, I got, I got the headphones on. So. Okay. Um, I really would not want to see kids addicted to their phones, isolated, depressed, and anxious, doubling down on using their phones every time. We all do it, not just kids, but kids are more vulnerable. Like, the, I, I, I was walking past the restaurant before, and uh, there was five grown men outside of it, grown men in their 30s, and they're all head in their phones. And I'm like, damn, we can't stand being lonely for even two seconds anymore. Imagine if you're... The people in this video, I don't know, the, the the first girl is 20. He's maybe 21. If this is what we're doing, we're creating a world where we're just going to get deeper and deeper into technology, all of which is, is monetized, by the way, and not by him and not by her. The fucking corporations who own the platform are quids in whilst our children get emotionally and mentally sicker. And every time they feel lonely, they're going to plug into some... I don't, I don't know what this kid's deal is. I'm not going to condemn him. Like, uh, let's say he's an entrepreneur. He's opportunistic. Let's just leave it at that. Like, he, he's doing what capitalism says he should do. He's playing the social media game and winning. I find it cringy, but whatever. The, the, his target market loves it. You're, you're rewarding him for doing that, and you're actually rewarding people for engaging in what is fundamentally a sick behavior. In a time where we need authentic intimacy, that shit's going to pull people away from it. Because I'll just be like, I'll just open my phone and my phone will make me feel what human connection would have done. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 also, it's kind of like weaning, weaning, wean is the key word of the stream. It's Wee. not weaning. It's sucking on the polyester synthetic teat of the robot mother. Oh, yeah. Say it again. That's, that's anime right there, dude. You know what I mean? <sighs> Oh, well, this stream's finished for me, kids. Daddy needs a nap. <laughs> yeah, but... You know, I just it, came live on air. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it, but it teaches everybody to be dependent on a phone as if it was a baby bottle, mm. you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a baby bottle now. Yeah, exactly. And the message, the message is... The message is something like, show that you're sad for a few seconds and just wait for strangers to bubble your head with meaningless platitudes and meaningless this is not love because people could say well it's positive yeah but she's not sat in group therapy it's not like she can look over at terry he's got his issues and she's got and she looks over at sarah and she looks over at this human and that nobody knows her there's no real connection if a group if a group full of, of humans is just pouring validation on somebody endlessly if i was running that group i'd be like you need to chill because that's not healthy. This is infinitely worse. This is infinitely worse and more damaging and boundary. Yeah, and then uh, imagine when you start monetizing your sadness like that, then it gets really fucking messy. I mean, it's it's insane. I don't know from that video why she feels sad. Neither does he. 
can we have that conversation? Uh, uh, obviously, they're young, but they're seeking to be young adults. Why do you hate yourself? What What's happened here? Where did it go wrong? What can we learn so that this is less likely to happen in the yeah. future? And that's a useful and, conversation. And this is this approach is not for everyone, for sure. Some people yeah. are fine with a hug, whatever. Yeah. But there's something that you can really learn that you'll take for the rest of your life when you get there and no one's there for you. You just sit there alone, just soaking in that feeling. <laughs> That's some man philosophy right there, kids. You're gonna, there's just nobody there at the end of the tunnel. It's just you. Yeah. Pick and, yourself and... up, get back on your horse and ride away like a man exactly. or and a that... woman. Yeah. Whoa, man. Yeah. And that's why all cowboys sound like that because they got nobody. They nobody out off here and... but me. Exactly. I done fixed my own leg. My horse rode on my back. God damn it. Yeah. The horse was thirsty. I said, climb on. And, and that goes to say, everybody watches feel good shit. I would be lying if I didn't. I spend like yeah. at least an hour or two a day just scrolling mindlessly through TikTok too. So, but there, I think there's a limit of this type of thing when it starts sacrificing actual art that has some sort of intrinsic value when you're overly codependent and reliant on it when you buy into the matrix just for the pure sake of oh feels good feels good well maybe there's something to be said for having like um overtly uh resilience focused art and and films i'm trying to think of one from recent years the only one that uh, anybody else who can think of one let me know there was there was the there is the passion not, not the passion of christ whichever the mel gibson jesus christ movie was because the suffering goes on for so long so there's that and then there's the revenant have you seen the revenant yeah man. like he goes oh, through hell yeah, yeah. to get vengeance yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for his beloved ones and um that movie has has uh has resilience as a as a, as a yeah. core value it was pretty rare now that's and that's the thing the depiction of resilience i think that's why i enjoyed anthropoid as well and revenant and anything that shows the overcoming in desperation yeah really put, puts your own problems in perspective and oh you god learn we, we, we get nasty comments on youtube and get upset and then you look yeah. at these guys like sitting behind a wall waiting for a nazi car to go by so they right. can try and kill one yeah. of the most famous men in the nazi regime i mean I'd, yeah. I'd, how do you even run up to the car when your balls are hanging so low exactly <laughs> and we're just complaining about TikTokers in our free fucking time you know yeah and they, they probably did that on like what did you eat today i i had half a sausage some stale bread and three cigarettes that is my diet yeah. daily <laughs> yeah it was as if like resilience is just the default mode of moving through the world around well the world. we th but that's the real us I'm not going to fetishize resilience. I'm not Jordan Peterson. I don't believe that there's something intrinsically redemptive or meaningful in suffering. We mm. should reduce suffering. It's insane to increase it for its own sake. But the the thing that we are is tough. The thing that we are is... Yeah, right. We're, we're hard yeah. creatures. We're being forced to live this weird, let's pretend we're soft. And let's live soft. It's Dude, not natural. That's You should write that down. Like somewhere because i've never heard that but i think i think it's it's true it's not like 
resiliences out of distance for humanity in history. It just happens to be now the only time. This They're is like one of the. This is one of the only times in human history where, in masses, we are in a situation where we don't need resilience. Oh shit! I can't hear you. Wait, say it again. The uh, am I back? Yeah, yeah, you're back. The archons are attacking us. The only thing that people seem to be able to usefully compare this to, uh, really, is the fall of Rome. And that was only the master class, uh, the master slave morality. For those of you who are interested, slave morality is based around early Jewish Christians as a breakaway sect. And the master morality was the morality of the Romans who had all the power at the time. So, um, yeah, the closest thing we have is that. But as you've just said, that wasn't broad scale. The plebeians and the proletariat didn't have access to all this luxurious food and calories and sex and entertainment yeah. and everything. It was, it was only for the masterclass. So no, there is no comparable point in history. Yeah. And yeah. isn't it funny now that we've achieved all of our starvation dreams throughout the millennia, wouldn't it be wonderful if we lived in a huge cave and the cave was always warm and there was food everywhere. And we finally fucking got here. Well done, Og. Well done, Og. And we fucking hate it. Yep. <laughs> yes. And this is, I have reached the top of Maslow's pyramid in yeah. the last few months. And I think it goes to say and proves how innate resiliency is programmed into our being. Because when that resiliency isn't tapped into, you will fall and crush yourself without tapping into it. And I don't know how some people do it. Some people are totally fine and satiated with just Netflix all day, every day, video games, or just tuning out. And I, I kind of do that still, but I'm coming out of it. What I learned in the last two or three months is that I've never felt more miserable in my life when I'm just complacent with no mission, with no purpose, and no mode of action to test my resilience. Mm -hmm. that, I, I yeah. think the last, the last four paragraphs you just said, you could say in Jordan Peterson's voice and you could totally carry it off. <laughs> but I'll be the translator. But, yeah, it's it is it is it's it's so true. And I think that you're you're back to that that sort of thanatos effect that we're all going through. The core etymological root of narcissism is the same as narcos, which is a drug. It's what the spider injects you with to numb you so you can be eaten. So there is this numbing effect of pleasure and comfort and social media it, and entertainment. Dude, it felt like I was stuck in a web mm -hmm. under tranquilizer. I was stuck yeah. in a web of easy pleasures that I couldn't get a really hard time climbing out of as I was getting devoured slowly. Yes. Yes. It's um, uh, the comfort trap. It, it reminds me of the scene of Frodo being caught by the big spider in Lord of the Rings and wrapped up, being being ready to be uh, to be consumed. Um, and of course, he is drugged. Uh, the the big spider mother injects him with a drug to paralyze him. Uh, and waking up from that is painful, and escaping that web is painful. And as much as I just said, I don't think there is intrinsic meaning in suffering the way Jordan Peterson says there is. But he is right when he says. Pick up your damn burden, find purpose and find meaning in your purpose. And you've got to have some kind of a mission. We are mission creatures. Right. Exactly. We are purpose driven creatures. Yeah. We only feel pleasure when we have purpose and when we feel like we're engaged in progress. 
If yes. there's no progress in our lives, we're miserable. The progress could be tiny. The progress could be for some people that you built a matchstick Eiffel Tower. It doesn't matter. You won't be happy unless you're making progress. Yeah, exactly. And I left this YouTube social media thing because I just I didn't want to deal with a bunch of whining people that can't handle another opinion and like you dive into this. It's just a bunch of trouble and stress. So I thought I'll get rid of the stress in my life. And that way I'll only be around my web of pleasure and it would be fun and easy. But it was actually one of the most difficult moments that I've had in my entire life without that mission. And at this point, I have no other option than to fulfill a purpose that involves some sort of stress suffering that tests my resilience. And even the thought of doing that now has made me feel a lot better, even though That's I'm prepared good. for the shitstorm that might come. That's me speaking my truth. Speak your damn truth and make your bed, fucko. No, it's really it's good to hear because, you know, I, I really think like in the conversations we've had, I, obviously, I can't. I can't tell you that too soon or too quickly because then your locus of control is externalized. So I just mm. have to sit and watch you suffer the mm. terrible tortures. I'll just be like, what do you think you should yeah, be well, doing right now? <laughs> but the thing is, is like, I would have never known the suffering that comes with not having a mission. Right. You know, like, initially to anybody it's like why would you put yourself out there and deal with the fucking stress of a bunch of strangers because you yeah. said some word weirdly or your hair you have cornrows you know what i mean it's like why would anybody want to deal with that it's it's reasonable at a surface level to just be like oh fuck it i'm over this i'm leaving but I, I, yeah sorry I, I spoke to a girl today uh she was on the slavery tour she's around your age and uh she was working on a project um to help young people who are disenfranchised to to get better educations and uh, she was on a zoom chat she, she's white she put cornrows in and uh, one of the london students got her fired for wearing cornrows so during a zoom bitch. chat and she used the term uh, she said she's out of it she she was very involved and she's now not involved in it at all and she says i have culture war exhaustion and I was like, oh, I must help Pierre when I speak to him that she's, she's got this done. The culture war exhaustion, I think it's harder for your generation and, and younger, like Gen Z millennials. I just it, think it's 100%. harder. You guys lived a life without this bullshit and you have your communities made without this bullshit. I'm mm. deep, I am in it no matter how hard I try to avoid it. I can't, mm. I can't escape it. It's, it's, yeah. It's everywhere around me. It's the people that are around me and the, it's my own audience and, and everything. But the last few months was my fucking culture war exhaustion too. Just fatigue. Right. I was just in the battlefield for a long time. It's yeah. fucking exhausting. So I decided to just get off. But I'm still seeing the soldiers march and round up all the fucking people in my beautiful city. And right. at this stage, it's like, am I just going to sit around in my own web of pleasure am i gonna just fucking try to entertain people while the city gets you know blasted to bits mm. i realized the misery that lies in these options and it far exceeded me dealing with them while i was fighting it, it's a it's a, a wonderful point that that the psychoanalyst adler made which is for so many of our problems um it comes down to one key element to resolve much of our problems. 
and that one key element is oh the signal died i can't <laughs> the gold it's in there oh, ah. no the one key element is uh, is courage so when we look at a situation and we're really stuck one thing we can ask is how would the, me exactly as i am the situation exactly as it is and i'm relating as myself to the situation exactly this way but the only different factor is i'm way more courageous what would happen next and it's funny how the solutions start to materialize from there interesting yeah 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 and and you i mean to do what you're choosing to do um i think is courageous i think it takes a tremendous amount of courage more than it does for me i can do the same things as you but it's not as it doesn't make it's not as costly for me and it's not as threatening for me as it is for you or somebody younger than you or somebody who's like 21 or 18 because it just doesn't it just can't have the same emotional impact on me so it does it does take courage to make these kinds of choices and say you know what i'm gonna start telling the truth as i see it i am not fighting nazis hold up in a church for six hours necessarily but seeing that taught me something about being in that state of spirituality and a mindset and i don't think maybe I don't know, right now i don't think i'd go that far but just even 30 50 100 steps below that is just to be able to open your fucking mouth while all this nonsense just consumes the land you you know it's it's a, it's an interesting uh, question to to float um, the chances are high you would go that far because people did go that far. So if yeah. other people did, you would. We don't really know. And, and in some ways, other people's suffering and other people's trials sometimes seem much harder, but in other ways are easier. Right. At least you know who the threat is. At least you have the support of every sane person who's not ideologically infected in the world. So even if you run into a hail of bullets and die, you don't die as an asshole. You know right. that you're you know you're on the right side of uh, of, of history on that one. So there's it, my God, it would it would be hard, but it's it's hard, and what we're doing is hard too. It's not as immediately threatening. It's right. different. Nobody's trying to say that like this is the equivalent. But it is also hard to do this. Yeah. This is like uh, we have to deprogram ourselves. We have to unbrain. We're, we're going through this sort of red pilling. And then you have fake red pills. And you have to red pill from your red pill. Like we've oh, had to wake yeah. up from yeah. woke. Yeah, right. How fucking crazy is that? Yeah. I thought woke was the top. And then you're like, right. actually, no. You have to go a fucking level up above that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know. Something I've also been thinking about as I'm coming to this conclusion is the idea of having to sacrifice something. You know, right. every person in their life has to choose a sacrifice somewhere or you're going to end up sacrificing yourself in a really unhealthy way, whether it's through addictions, whether it's through just withering away, whatever it might be. And the thing is, the things that I'm sacrificing right now are very important, but... These things are, for example, potential money and opportunities financially, sponsorships, perhaps collaborations with people. I'm risking 80% of my own platform because they're not going to like what I have to say about everything that they're in right now. So it's potential 
audience, potential money, potential fucking friends and family. I don't know, you know, but I can't, my search for truth is highly valuable now. I know what it's like to have a decent amount of money and to have a platform and all of these things, but fucking it's way miserable when I don't place the value of truth and fighting for that in my life. You said a lot. Visceral gravitas, it's 1 minute 27 and 33 seconds. That's worth cutting out, visceral gravitas. <laughs> um, so uh, you said um, you have to have the sacrifice. So I think there's, there's, there's two general principles we can, we can draw from this then. When you're faced with a challenge where you feel stuck, and it's interesting you said, I could stay in my web of pleasure. So in the, in the Lord of the Rings, he's forced into a web, but you could stay in your web. And, and the web is also a cocoon, and it's also solipsism. And the binding is pleasure yeah. itself. Yeah. You're like, oh, but it's cozy in here, and I can just jerk off and, I don't know, yeah. play simulated boxing yeah. games or whatever. Yeah, and and it's the thing is, like, I'm wearing less makeup, which is a superficial thing, but it's a huge element of my platform, my business. It's it's the giant neon sign in front of the store that everybody likes more than the actual product of the store. You want to want to shave up here and get some gel and start talking in a Scouse accent. The transformation will be complete. yes, exactly. And it's like I'm well aware what the fuck I'm wearing right now is not appealing to ninety percent of the people who follow me. But that's not the fucking point. If anything, that is the fucking point. I posted that image of me with way less makeup on. I lost, I got a lot of likes for sure and comments. I mean, I see that, but I lost a lot of followers mm. just from something like that. And I know the, what I'm sacrificing by opening my fucking mouth and approaching everything differently now, because I don't, I don't care about this fucking flipsual attention and the potential collaborations and sponsorships that I probably won't even fucking get anymore. It doesn't mm. mean anything anymore. Mm. I, I, the the last few months through my isolation and the situation while the craziness is happening is really targeting what is truly valuable in my own personal life, which is the fucking fucking speak the truth. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So you, 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 th I mean, that's, and this is the beginning of wisdom is like the thing that you think is going to make you happy. I'm sure Jordan Peterson would have an absolute fucking field day with you. The thing that you think is going to make you happy does until you get to your late 20s and then you're not a boy anymore yeah and you're like oh these empty pleasures is like yeah you this pizza used to taste delicious and now it's kind of just garbage so you have to be courageous and then you have to choose what you're going to sacrifice our culture tells us we don't need courage and look at us we're miserable our culture tells us we don't have to sacrifice that's insane that's fucking insane. And people walk around with the entitlement that they can have their cake and eat it. I yeah. can have everything. I can be everything. No, you can't. And and to believe, to cause you to believe that you can is not uh, inspirational or kind. It's incredibly cruel because it's not true. Like you can't fly, you can't breathe underwater and you fucking can't have everything. You sacrifice something. So choose it, like choose your sacrifice. And then I think, I think the other thing that, that you said there that would, would qualify as like, like weighty Adlerian wisdom is choosing a purpose and, um, and telling the truth. 
because that feels like something. It feels like uh, it just, uh, you feel it in your body. You feel like right. a relief. There's a right. release. And, and I know the torture you've been going through because I've lived it. You feel like energy is blocked and yes. building up in your body and rotting. Yeah. It's horrendous. It's and fucking you're just, horrendous. You're just like, he, 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 he going to learn today. It's nothing I could do, mate. I knew what was happening, but I was like, if I, if I say it, um, because of the, because of the diet, obviously I wouldn't have let it go for too much longer, but it's just better if you see it. It's just so yeah. much better. And then when you look back, you have that point of reference. You're like, I never but, want to do that again. This is the thing. How do you rationalize choosing the potential opportunity to go back to the web of pleasure while, hey, baby girl, everybody loves you, okay? Everybody yeah. love you. Everybody love, don't let anybody tell you queen slate empowered, yeah. And then like fucking continue this fucking charade. How do you how do you compare? What I'm trying to say is, how do you compare rationally? Do you want to be a fucking millionaire with three million followers just for doing almost nothing and getting praise for yo go girl slay, or speaking the truth where you lose potentially all of your sponsorships, all the fucking people that follow you? How do you rationalize which one is better? And there was no other way to rationalize it other than me sitting and wallowing in the void for three months. You know, <laughs> homie was on a bad trip. <laughs> that was a terrible. It's. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm uh, just the thought of knowing what I'm gonna do now already makes me feel like I'm in my body again. Yeah, because you're. You're now. You're on mission, and you might only be just putting your boots on, but at least you're putting your fucking boots on. Right, man. Just. I really, really tried just to sit back and play video games and just um. Like... Isn't it? Isn't it strange that that kid has entered into like our sort of dialogue and our reality now? This kid who could is like an avatar of a split reality of who you could be, or because he, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you're like looking at him going, "Well, I death." And so, if you're on the edge of like, should I live in accordance with the moral philosophy and sacrifice, or should I just go back? And then there's this kid who pops up and he's like, hey, baby girl, I love you, baby girl. And you're like, okay, fuck it. I'm definitely not being that. <laughs> I literally sent you a voice note. This is a real representation if I split off into this direction of the quantum field. And if that ended up me three years, I'd blow my fucking brains out. <laughs> like, oh my God, I thought I was having a fucking existential crisis now. If I followed that path three years, it would yeah. hit so hard, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But that's um, that's what happens when the game molds us and we don't mold the game. And I, I know that people think I talk like I'm a right-wing conservative sometimes, but I just know you can't be passive. You can't be yin all the fucking time. You do have to take the reins of your life sometimes and be like, I'm molding this. I'll bend reality to my will. And people are like, that sounds so narcissistic. And I'm like, no, you're so fucking brainwashed that you think you taking control of your own life and guarding your own space is mentally ill. It's the mentally healthiest thing you could do. If you're not guiding your life, who the fuck is? We're just going to let 
other people do it for us? People who are complete fucking plant pots and psychopaths? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, man. And um, during that time, I was just trying to figure out other ways that I can progress and improve and like build on myself with something. The boxing thing was a good start, sure. But like, oh, I become like a teacher, like, you know, like, and going through all of these options, you just have that intuitive gut reaction to one that doesn't work and one that does work. Yeah. You know, yeah. this one that I'm approaching is not externally rewarding in a lot of ways, but it just fits right in, you know? Yeah. Because if you're, if your locus of control is external, like that kid, I'm not condemning that kid. Like I think, as I said, he's an entrepreneur, he's a capitalist, he's playing the game and that's what the game rewards. So of, of course, but the way I would see it, the way I've rationalized it for myself over the years is I go asleep in my body. I don't go asleep in the bodies of my followers. That sounds creepy. Um, and if I feel like shit, it doesn't matter how much money I've earned or how many followers I've got. This is all I have, this flesh suit, this moment, this brain, there's nothing else. And if you can, if you feel okay when you go to sleep, that's about as good as it gets. If you're going through your day with a sense of like, this is worthwhile, I know why I'm doing this, that's really as good as it gets. There isn't, there isn't like a transcendent seventh heaven on earth that, that, that we get. We just get to live this life to the best of our abilities. And that, that, that's it. It can be hell on earth if we fight it. But if we, if we accept it, it's, it's okay, man. It's actually, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And to give some perspective, like my conclusion here, it could come off as a sort of trying to like, virtue signal or uh, trying to present myself as somebody who's a i fought the thing so i'm feeling great about myself actually i somewhat resent it i really Good. fucking wish i really wish i didn't have this drive why can't i just be that fucking kid oh you girl go baby you're so pretty amazing baby girl i wish i fucking wish I could just do the makeup tutorials, make a Korean pop song, and just fucking hike my pants below my knees and then just give the algorithm the sloppiest fucking dome ever. <laughs> I like, I, I really fucking sloppy resent dome. the sloppiest dome, dude. <laughs> and but, like, yeah, sloppy toppy in the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly sloppy toppy on the algae yo but like for real i really kind of resent the fact that i have to choose this route that is so externally stupid sometimes like it, it is kind of dumb in an external sense i'm risking all of this for what you yeah. know and, and yeah. i wish i just i didn't have this itch it just all right sloppy toppy on the algae <laughs> sloppy toppy on the algae <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is this is uh the, the fact that you resent it rather than that you feel like in some euph euphoric, narcissistic elation, like, oh, my God, I've been chosen for a special mission. No, it's not like that. It's like, well, I have to do this because I won't be able to live with myself otherwise. And this is this is why I like that Gospel of Thomas quote, the, the apocryphal gospel. If you bring forth what is within you, what is within you will save you. If you leave what is within you, what is within you will destroy you. And now you felt what that feels like. Whatever is inside of you has to come out.
Right. And it's not, it, that's the essence of artistic expression. That's the essence of being human. If you leave it inside, it's hell. If you, yeah. at least if you bring it out, you feel like a relief. You feel a sense of, I don't know, it's hard to describe for like people who haven't done it. It's really hard to describe, but I highly recommend you trying to do that yes. with courage and with a sense of sacrifice because everything else just starts to make sense then. Life, life becomes worth living again. Right. To bring it back to anthropoid, this is kind of what those soldiers were feeling when they were learning about the mission, planning. A, they were not happy about it. They weren't like, we're going to save the check. Czechoslovakia with us six. We will mm. do it. Let's go. The whole time you could just see regret in their mm. face and resentment. Like, fuck, do I have to I have to do it? But I don't fuck. I really do why assassination. Like, but no, we can't. And then like the guy meets the the, the woman and they want to fucking get married and shit, and, and but they still have to carry out the mission. They just hate every second of it, but they still have to do it. They they need to do it. You know, mm. and and something about that, it's I don't even know the emotion for that. I, I don't know there's a name for that, but just seeing it depicted through the film, it really translated it clearly what that's like. In Japanese, it is called giri, G-I-R-I, where you do what you don't want to do out of a sense of duty. You just do it. Giri. Oh, amazing that there's no English word for that. <laughs> we do not have a, such a concept in English. <laughs> How giri. funny. No giddy in English, huh? No giddy in English. I mean, you you could like the Brits, the British soldiers. I suppose they would have they would have said they did it out of duty. But giddy is a little bit different than just um, duty. I mean, that was but that was a culture where um, serving a higher cause was a complete ideology and a complete way of life. The samurai were not warriors in the sense of viking raiding pirates the samurai was a was a servant his his life on earth was to live and die in service to the to the daimyo to the to the family and to the feudal lords and so yeah there is a certain sense there is a certain feeling that comes with that there's a certain sensation that comes and it's very powerful it's very very powerful and the people who are in charge know that it is which is why they push it down that's why we have the concept of being a zealot Zealots were actually uh, Jewish insurgents and they were the equivalent in their day of what would have been called terrorists by the Romans. And they were they were feared by the Romans because not because they were militarily superior. They weren't, but they believed. So you could crucify them. You could torture them. You could threaten them. You could offer them money. They didn't give a fuck because they were zealots and they were like, mm. I'm already dead. I have one foot in heaven. I speak to God every day. What do you got for me, bitch? You're going to torture me? I'm already dead. I'll just go to my God to do what I... And, and, and the Romans were like, shit, what are you... We never fa They never faced anything like that before. And it, it was genuinely frightening for them because everybody else you could bribe, you could threaten, you could torture, you could enslave, you could win them over. But with the zealots, they, they couldn't do it. And there is, um, like you mentioned before, there's this element of just the sheer human will to rebel, to to provide opposition and to provide resistance to an evil force. Damn. Damn. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I don't want to compare myself to a zealot, but what I can say is that by taking these two or three months, it felt like a mini death. 
complete well, a real ego death for sure. But the concept that I had to simulate in my head of letting go all of that that I had, the the platform, the P, the the whatever, everything that was involved at the idea of not being able, the, the thought of not being able to create content in the time that we live in right now. I know why the lockdown happened. It was so that you could have an ego death. You fucker. This is all, <laughs> forget the Wuhan lab theory. Forget that. It's Pierre's existential crisis that we're all going through in this reality we slipped into. Pierre Exo, when we all started watching him, he drew us into an alternative reality. <laughs> He's the Thanos of this world. Dude, imagine. And then I pull open this curtain here, and it's a giant vacuum, and we all get sucked into it. Yeah, yeah. And you're just, we're all like, why did this happen? And you're like, I'm sorry, little one. <laughs> now you know. Now, now you, you know. <laughs> I had to give everything. <laughs> No, it's it is a real it is a real ego death that you've been through, and um, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure a lot of people going through their own ego deaths at this moment too. Well, it's 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 caused a lot of maturation. I think it's yeah. caused a lot of existential crises, and people do tend to become more mature in uh, in relation uh, to these existential crises. Oh, we were given oh, ninety nine Romeo. Romeo is the homie man. In English, giri would be called adulting. We have to sacrifice a little of ourselves for the big payback. The depression felt is the realization slowly sinking in. Thank you, Romeo. Thank you, Romeo, and thanks, uh, thanks for the money. We will certainly spend it on on gin and dancing and Nietzschean fashion. After after to... all this conversation, just go yeah. back to partying. Yes, we're like, oh, we have our freedom back. We have money. Yeah, fuck all that philosophy. Fuck it, yeah. dude. I don't thank you, want... uh, thank you, Romeo. I don't even want to fucking party now, man. Like, I don't, I don't really care for the idea of it. Well, what <laughs> need has a man for partying? Goddamn. There is work to be done, giddy. Should, should we take a few questions or how yes, you Yes, that's an excellent idea. Um, oh, somebody's, somebody's telling us about uh, the concept of lagom in Swedish. The word lagom in Swedish has no English American equivalent. It means just enough or modestly the best but good enough seems in the us uk we are all or nada yeah i i was in sweden and i stayed with a swedish friend and he explained me uh, this thing Largom. it's that's it's ikea furniture they're actually made with that philosophy i, I guarantee it yeah i had uh, i had sex with a swedish girl and she would give me head with that philosophy and i'd be like i'm not done yet and she'd go Largom. i was like that sloppy toppy is terrible Yep. I can't believe you just said that on this stream out of nowhere. That and I would was... say to her, this is, this is, I wanted ecstasy. And she'd be like, Larkom, Larkom. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want Ikea furniture head. I want Edwardian evil prince head. Well, I've never been with the Swedish girl, so I can't have any commentary on this, unfortunately. Oh, they're completely Larkom. Um, <laughs> I just, I just like saying it to upset the chat. Nordic noshing. I have not. Hi, hi, William. to you, William. I've not heard that for a long time. Sir, what is going on today, dear God? I must do. I must do all I can to cheer up uh, 
to cheer up yeah it's necessary <laughs> I, was, I was i was in my samurai ninja mode getting ready to approach the battlefield and you got to hit me with that man yes i'm i'm secretly i'm secretly hoping that i get cancelled for something ridiculous like talking about the swedish blowjob as being not good enough. well fucking anything dude and and i think that's uh what we've both maybe come to terms with mm. but in my head it's like i cancelled myself before they could and felt what that would be like so yeah. now i feel like i got one foot in the heavens yes you know what there you go you to me now you're as you're as zealot too now it's just like exactly. I'm, already, I'm already dead you fucker yeah what are you gonna uh, do i'm already dead inside which makes me feel more alive than ever <laughs> i just i just i just flexed my boobs and looked at them and i was like look at these titties everybody oh, look at this i'm gonna get cancelled for something if it's not gonna be swedish head i want it to be titties <laughs> ow What's okay. going into you today, Richard? I'm sorry. I, I spent like three or four hours walking around in the sun. I didn't eat and I trained really hard yesterday. Um, the, okay. My food is next to me and I'm like, oh. So um, anybody want to suckle on my teats like a baby calf? Not too hard. I'm not a giraffe. Ask is us that, a question. Is that, how good it feels? is that how good it feels to have the sun? Because I haven't gotten it yet. I'm I'm genuinely so sorry for you and everybody in the Czech Republic who's been in lockdown for six months. I've tried to tell people. I had to explain to people today what lockdown in the Czech Republic was like. You know the fucking curfews and everything. Nobody knows. Everybody thinks the lockdown is is wherever you are and you've been in lockdown. You think that's the way it was all over the world. The Czech Republic was horrendous. Even Slovakia, right next door, was not as strong as the Czech Republic. So no, I. Uh, you you have you have been through some shit, but you know me. I'm solar powered. I'm like the Energizer Bunny. As long as I get my song, but it's bread a warrior. It's bread a warrior. <laughs> Is he Largon? No, he's insane. Ask us a question. One sentence long. End in a question mark. Dude, yeah, it's just it continuing to rain throughout the rest of May, man. It's cloudy as fuck. It's dreary. Just. It's like I said, there's that there's that fucking um, big cloud over Iceland, and it's just not moving. You'll have to uh, go to when I when I'm down in um, when I get back to Ibiza, um, you'll have to come across down there. Oh, UG Rose says, hit the like, hit the like, everybody, tickle the algorithm right on the nips. Mm -hmm. oh, there was something I was going to say. Was the weather? No, I've I've thrown out a lot of pattern interrupts, so everybody's confused because they're just thinking about Swedish head and titties. God damn it! You're you're acting like me from a year ago. Now, what happened? I've I've absorbed your cheek. <laughs> Jesus! Oh my god! What happened to the Spartan Life Coach website, Richard? Nothing. I hope. Did I not pay my fees? Is it offline? Oh, Jesus, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Tell me if it's offline. I had that because I'll be a lot less cheerful. <laughs> Fuck. He's fixed that. Swedish head stuck in my head. Okay. Um, <clears throat> have you heard the prayer of St. Francis famous in World War One? I? I haven't. Have you heard it, Pierre? Mm-mm. Um... <laughs> Spencilvania says, did you all switch bodies? <laughs> Do you remember when you, when you used to talk about flipping all the time? Yeah, I, I can't. That's like, I don't even know how to do that anymore. But but that was only 2019. 
and you had no fear of being cancelled then bro i went from 16 years old with those hormones to fucking 66 years old in a year man because you used to do stuff and say stuff online and i was like uh, you should be careful. Yeah, that's right. And now I'm like, Swedish head, Richard. Are you sure? <laughs> two years. Two short years, baby. Oh, man. And we've aged 20. Fucking accelerated. Like, oh, my God. Like, it's no joke, man. It's really accelerated. Yeah. You can't stop it. It's yeah. like good luck trying to maintain your sense of identity the yeah. year before you know it's not gonna work T tough times and and i think i think it's really uh but you know what my optimism is like i think that this is you know, you know one thing i think it did one of the many things i did think it did do that was so good was it brought uh a lot of unity to those of us who refuse to be divided because i'm, I'm talking to more and more people now who are just over that whole division identity politics thing. And even those of us who are like, oh, maybe there's something to that. We're all like, mm -mm. whatever the solution is, eh, that's not it. And I don't know if that would have happened. I don't know if it would have been as quick if, yeah. if we hadn't been uh, locked down. Yeah. So I think I think that was a good thing that came out of it. Yeah, oh, here's a I... question for, for, for you, uh, Papi. Pierre, what is your plan now? Bro, I got a fucking list of this shit. <laughs> That those are all ideas right now. Jesus, like, what, what is this? Who fucking switched Pierre out and gave me this adult with lists and plans? Dude, I tell you, work? as dude, I'm telling you, when I find the biggest part of my despair was not having a direction. The moment right. it feels right, like fucking full sail ahead, dude. Let's go, fucking Lambo on the ocean, you know, just all the way. Countdown to the time when Pierre says, unironically, I don't drink anymore because I prefer to wake up with no hangover. And then we'll know he's in his 30s. Then we'll know. <laughs> I don't drink anymore, really, anyways. Man. No, no. I haven't, I haven't seen you drink for maybe the, maybe at my birthday, that, that one time when we were in the <laughs> we're in that dodgy club. Yeah. No, I'm more of just like, I can only focus on purpose. No parties, <laughs> no flipping. No Become alcohol. a true samurai zealot. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, okay. Well, doesn't seem to be many. Uh, oh, okay. Let's let's take uh, one, one more question and then uh, I'll go and eat some food because I'm obviously, I'm a little bit high right now. Yes. And I will be streaming on my second channel right after this as well. You're doing uh, PRXO? Pierre extra and we can talk about yeah, my Disney imposter. Um, okay. The last question, uh, Pierre, to what extent do you think we're being lied to by media politicians, medicine or inversely, what percentage of what we're told is true? That's a great question. Is there a number bigger than a hundred percent? Because this <laughs> is like, but I honestly think this is where the sickness that I think everyone's feeling, I can only, I only speak subjectively like I have been throughout this entire stream, but I think it's important. But like, I think that's a big part of the sickness, the dissonance that I've been feeling, which has led me to this conclusion. When you're consistently lied to by everything that you see, how much longer can you take being in that environment before you just want to puke? Right. I really do think everything that's fed right now has no shred of authenticity. 
if you look in specific pockets, which I'm sure like you and I kind of browse, sure mm -hmm. the people here look at it too, but mm -hmm. generally it's really hard to escape the lie that we are all in at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree uh, 100%. I think um, the major institutions are, it's not just that I would I'd maybe go a little bit further and say it's not just that they are lying. It's my perception is that their main purpose is to lie and they're secondarily education, they're secondarily medicine. The main purpose is propaganda. It's really bad. We are yeah. in the guts of a culture war, the Dude, depths of a culture war. It's I, I hope that a lot of us start to see how serious it, it really is because yeah. this is not just some some obscure far right wing conspiracy like the culture and everything no it, it's look around look at yeah. everything you see online look at the lockdowns look at the regulations it's ev it's everywhere yeah you can't avoid it yeah. go to go to a fucking restaurant now you can barely even do that you know yes yeah yeah that's true it's so true well i think um i think that was good I feel I feel cleansed. We are witnessing right. the the awakening of one Pierre XO. This is how Dude, he awakens. Listen, I've been I've been waiting for this moment ever since I got reincarnated, man. I I remember now. <laughs> now you remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do the uh, the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time and for your attention. We appreciate you being here with us today. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you again very, very soon. And one last serious note. <laughs> Largom sloppy toppy.